If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 2, we're going to pick up in verse 24 and read the rest of the chapter this evening. Um, the, if you don't have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the back of your order of worship. Just to catch you up and remind you where we're at in this passage, last week we saw that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and it disturbed him and his soul couldn't find any peace, and so he made a decree uh, unto his wise men. He said, you tell me my dream and its interpretation. And they said, well, tell us the dream and we'll help you out. And he said, no, you tell me, and if you don't, I'm going to tear down your homes and I'm going to kill you. And so that's the kind of context that we've run into where the men have now gone out to do this, to kill all of the wise men, and they've come to Daniel's house. And Daniel says, hold up. Give me time, O king, to speak to my God, and I will have your interpretation. That's where we find ourselves tonight, that he has taken the time. God has revealed the interpretation of the dream. Daniel has lifted up praise and prayer with his, his friends, and we arrive tonight with the answer to Nebuchadnezzar's query. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you for this word that has been put before us. Father, it is instructive to us, and we pray then, that Your Spirit, as You have promised and poured out upon Your church, would be our helpmate tonight. That the Spirit of the living God would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts that we might receive this Word, be instructed by it, that it might point us to Your Son, Christ Jesus, our only hope for salvation. So we pray that Christ would be magnified in these words that we read tonight and the words that come out of my mouth, that they might be pleasing in your sight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen to God's Word. Beginning with verse 24. Therefore Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus to him, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king. I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream that I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the later days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this, and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have more than all the living, but in order that in the interpretation may it be known to the king that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw, O king, and behold, a great image, this image mighty, of exceeding brightness stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, and its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. 
As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like chaff of the summer threshing floor. The wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he has given wherever they dwell the children of man, the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, making you to rule over them all. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw, the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage. But they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly, your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, and you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego after the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained at the king's court. This is God's word for his people. Amen? Tonight, as we look at one king to rule them all, yes, I like Lord of the Rings, uh, we are going to consider two points. Christ is the only true king, and worship the true king. But before we get to those two points, I just want to outline something to answer a couple questions about chapter 2. Daniel's been brought in to give this interpretation, and Daniel makes it clear that there is no wise man, no enchanter, no magician or astrologer that can answer the king. And even though Arioch runs ahead of him and says, I-, I found somebody who can interpret the dream, Daniel comes in not seeking any glory for himself, but to reveal to Nebuchadnezzar that he might understand it is Daniel's God who has made these things known. 
that he is a God like no other God. And what's revealed to Nebuchadnezzar as he sees and hears about this this mighty statue, this head of gold and silver and bronze and iron and clay, the nations, both in Babylon and those that will come after, are being described. Kingdoms that have come and gone. Kingdoms such as Babylon, the head of gold, or the Medes and the Persians, the chest, uh, uh, the chest of silver, the arms of silver, and then bronze being the, um, uh, the Greeks, Alexander the Great, then the legs, Rome. All these kingdoms that are foretold in this dream have come and gone. That's news that we need to understand tonight. That this dream that has been given to Nebuchadnezzar is not just for him. He's shown him the course of the world and what is to come. And so tonight, this dream is for us as well. And Nebuchadnezzar learns, you know, I think he's, he's only hearing one thing. Oh, I'm the head of gold. <laughs> That's pretty nice. We'll see how that plays out uh, when we get to chapter 3 after, after Easter. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar, a man who has power over everything, even over the beasts of the field, over all of mankind, limitless power, we see it's not an everlasting power. And that is the everlasting power dwells only in one kingdom. And so we'll draw those out tonight. So point one, Christ is the only true King. As I said, this prophecy is not just for Nebuchadnezzar, but for us it has as much relevance to us today if we were, as if we were the ones who received the dream. Daniel begins in verse 31. You saw and you were looking. He's answering, uh, answering Nebuchadnezzar. I hope tonight, though, just as Nebuchadnezzar was seeking understanding of what's going on, what has been revealed, that you come tonight seeking truth. That you come tonight asking the question, what is truth? Give me the straight truth, Nebuchadnezzar wants from Daniel. How will this end? What does it mean? What is lasted? What can be counted on? The only answer is what is revealed in the dream, and this is Christ the King. For what is revealed ultimately is that there is one kingdom that never ends, and that, sh- that should be for us our greatest concern. After Daniel disposes of recounting the kingdoms that are to come. He brings us to the heart of the matter in verse 34. A stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. We see in this image something not made by human initiative that judges the kingdoms and has everlasting rule. This is no other than Christ Jesus, brothers and sisters. Without a shadow of a doubt that He who was not created, but came down from heaven, who was born of a virgin, who comes to deliver the crushing blow to all His enemies and our enemies, and is now on His throne in heaven with an everlasting rule. This is Jesus Christ put on display for you in comparison to all the other nations that have ever existed or will exist. This is the God 
who has become flesh. The very thing that the enchanters and the wise men said in verse 11, no one can answer you. For God's way up there. He would never come and be among the flesh. And yet we see that what's being described in the future is that Christ Himself would come and be in the flesh and do this work and set up His kingdom. Christ is the stone that first appeared so small and insignificant in the dream. Insignificant Christ when He came, it would seem, to the other kings of the world. We see that He has ascended to His throne and He is filling this earth with His kingdom. A couple things to note about this dream. Note the regress of the image. It goes from the finest of precious metals all the way down to feet that are mixed with clay and iron. No builder, as we talked about with the Legos, in his right mind would build such a a, a powerful statue in this way. No builder would, would give this feet of clay and iron to mix together to hold up something so glorious. But this is the point. This is the regress of the kingdoms of this world. That they have no foundation to stand on. But the opposing kingdom is quite the opposite, isn't it? It's not regress, but one of progress and growth. For it has a completely different foundation. And as Christ is described in the Old Testament and the anticipation of Him, and when He finally arrives, He is described as the stone, the cornerstone, the foundation of the Christian faith and of this kingdom. Isaiah 28.16 says, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation, and whoever believes will not be in panic. Here we see what will stand at the end. It is Christ alone. All the others, it says, the statue, What's striking is that it crumbles. The kingdoms crumble. And it says they're like chaff in the wind. It blows away as if they never even existed. No trace. This means there is only one foundation for our faith and assurance. And it can only be the rock of our salvation. Christ Jesus. One theologian points out that there are two reasons we need to hear this truth that Christ is the only true King. One, we need to hear it when things are not going well. Christians, be reminded you're part of the everlasting Kingdom. If we are to think for a moment about the the two pillars in which you enter the Psalms, Psalm 1 and 2, that you must pass through as you go into the Psalms, it says this in Psalm 1. Psalm 1 tells the believer, you are like a tree that is planted by the streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. And it goes on to say, How are the wicked different? They are not so, 
but they are like chaff in the wind, drives them away. When things are going really bad, have this as a consideration. Like Christ who is everlasting, like His kingdom that is everlasting, we are progressing towards an end that has a good ending for all those who find themselves in Christ Jesus. Those who are firmly planted in this kingdom with faith and repentance, looking to Christ Jesus. Never forget this. Never forget this as it might seem that the world is crumbling around you. As these bodies seem to be crumbling. Wasting away. Never forget that you are a part of an everlasting kingdom. Even as you see the empire around us in decay. I got picked up by a tow driver the other day because my car broke down in the rain. Apart from my sanctification, it was, it was good to sit with this man in the cab. And we started talking, and he said, man, this world, it is just in decay. This is not the America I grew up in. It's just going down, down, down. You see, he understands something. He understands the fleeting nature. The fleeting nature of those things that we believe would last forever. And as we talked, I, there was a lot of language from this man. It was the most interesting evangelism experience I've ever been a part of because I talked to him about Christ and the hope we have in the midst of, of, of feeling this way. And I'll, I'm even trying to... How, how to describe, uh, he said, I've been a believer ever since I was 26, but the way he described it was, uh, <laughs> was interesting. But he did say, at 26 he gave his life to Christ and everything changed for him. Not his language, but everything else too. <laughs> he had hope. He knew who Christ was and he knew that this world wasn't right. Listen, we sense it too. So when things are going bad, don't you forget it. Christ's everlasting Rule and reign, that's what's being taught to Nebuchadnezzar. A kingdom that lasts beyond the grave. And this is real history unfolding. And these are precious promises to you. Christ will put away all His enemies. But if you haven't trusted in Christ and things are going bad for you, don't waste another hour. Look to the rock. Trust in Him. The wicked will be broken to pieces, it says in verse 35. The other truth that we need to hear from Christ as the true King is secondly this, when things are going really well. Nebuchadnezzar was told in verse 37, exceedingly good news, was he not? You are the King of kings whom God in heaven has given a kingdom with might and glory and whose hand has been given everything. Men, women, children, beasts of the field, birds of the air. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar had it all. And he was assured in this dream, you had it all. And as we'll see next week, the temptation of when things are going well, well not next week, when we get to chapter 3, it is to forget the end. And to forget who gave him what he has now. You know, prosperity has this risk for us. Does it not? 
that we forget the giver when things are going well. It offers a false security and assurance. And Nebuchadnezzar is going to have several more lessons that he's going to have to learn before he understands this. I want you to understand it now. So we should pass then through the second pillar of the psalm, Psalm 2, and see what's instructed there. It says, see it now. All the things that are described that are going to happen. Kiss the Son, it says, lest He be angry and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in Him. So we turn and look to Christ. If things are going really well, you may see no need to honor Christ now as the true King. But this dream teaches us What will be the end of all those who reject the cornerstone of faith? How do you answer the question, what about after? Are you building your hope and faith upon things which will be no different than dust when it is over? Come to Christ now. He offers something better than this world and all her trinkets could ever give. Daniel knew this. He said in verse 45, the dream is certain and the interpretation is true. Do you know and believe the truth about Jesus Christ? Christ is the only true King. And this leads us to our second point. Of course, if Christ is the only true King, then we should worship the true King. Verse 46, Nebuchadnezzar got his answer. He was both told the dream and what it means. The impossible task was answered fully by Daniel. This king then falls on his face. Can you imagine? This king who had all of this power falls before Daniel. Some captured servant falls before him to pay homage, it says. And that he even gave an offering and offered up incense to Daniel. He's worshiping Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar's close, isn't he? He knows the message is so significant that he is dealing with a much greater God than he has ever known, but he is still misguided in his worship. He's directed it to Daniel, not to, not to Yahweh, not to the, uh, the God of the heavens. He can say all the right things. Verse 47, he says to Daniel, truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. I would have much rather him say those things and then say, now tell me more about this rock that was not made by human hands. Tell me more about that. Nebuchadnezzar worshipped, but he worshipped wrongly. Daniel, for his part, and his friends were allowed to live. They're elevated to a high position. And for the time being, you see here the patience of God, don't you? Nebuchadnezzar was allowed to live and given a kingdom that the wise men who should have died, they've been graciously given time. Their life has been preserved by Daniel's interpretation that God had given. Their lives were preserved. Oh, God has been patient to them. Daniel was left to continue to live in Babylon to promote Yahweh, to be, uh, to be the, uh, the one who uh, 
with his three friends, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, as they're going to be called now, it seems, for the rest of the book, to promote Yahweh, to speak of Yahweh, to worship Yahweh alone. There is no mystery for them who rules. It gives them faith in the midst of exile. Christians, there is no mystery for us. There was still mystery for Nebuchadnezzar. There was still mystery on uh, when Christ was coming, but there is no mystery left to be revealed for us. Those kingdoms of gold and silver and bronze and iron and clay have all come and they have all gone and they are chaff that has already taken to the wind and ceased to exist. And that stone that was not shaped by human hands has come and is now reigning. The mystery is over for us. Christ is the rock and He is our only refuge and the One to whom we direct our worship. The only response that is right then is to bow down and to worship Him and Him alone. He has shown Himself the superior The only response is to say truly Christ, You are the God of gods and the Lord of kings. And as God was patient with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, He is patient now. For all have time still to bow down and to worship. The Lord still tarries before He comes. And this kingdom is completely established. And so, I say don't wait. The time is coming to an end. Revelation tells us that that time is approaching when every knee will bow and Christ will return. It says in Revelation 17.14, says that one day all the nations and kingdoms will come to their conclusion. And it says they will make war on the Lamb. And the Lamb will conquer them. For He, this Lamb, Jesus Christ, is the Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with Him are called and chosen and faithful. And He goes on to say in Revelation, mirroring mirroring the image, the language of Daniel in verse 45, He says, uh, Daniel says, the dream is certain and its interpretation sure. This is what Revelation says. These words are trustworthy and true. That's the end. It's the end Daniel prophesied. It's the end that is in mind. Brothers and sisters, you know the beginning. And you know the end of the story. You know how these things wrap up. Now is the time to bow down and worship the King. This life now is a gift. What are you doing with the time that has been allotted to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ? God is patient. The kingdoms of this world are built on clay feet. Do you have a sure foundation in the rock of, that is Jesus Christ? You would be a fool. A fool to hear this dream and its interpretation. A fool to know the end of the story in Revelation and not bow down now and worship Christ Jesus. Which kingdom are you a part of? Take heart tonight. Christ is reigning. And He is ruling. Never forget this no matter what seems to be taking place in the world, then press on 
in true worship to that end when all things will be finally over and Christ will be among His people and there will be no more tear and no more sorrow and no more suffering and no more tribulation and no more assault on the people of God. These bodies will no longer feel the exile, but will have their, fir- their feet firmly planted on that everlasting soil of the everlasting kingdom.